So you got to be careful taking my comments out of out of context. Let's go now. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's the Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And oh, here we go. I didn't release a podcast after the last loss because uh, I was trying to do that Patreon video. God damn it, working in 4K is a pain in the arse. Uh, so I had three 4K cameras and... I thought, great, well, people are going to get some real quality footage of all this massive uh, box of merch. And then it took two and a half days to edit. So there was that. And also, do you know what? You can see the numbers dip every time after the Packers go through a rough patch. Nobody wants to actually listen to anything when it comes to it. Uh, but look, I, I thought I'd get on and, you know, I was I was going to... What was I going to do? I was going to run through some of the news and stuff. And then I was going to do a Buffalo pregame as I move around in my seat here. Um you know, and then I thought, you know what, you know what, Rich Eisen has a point. Uh, this is Aaron Rodgers' world, and we're all just living in it. This is what Rich had to say. Aaron Rodgers shows up on Pat McAfee's show Tuesday, and then on Wednesday explains to the media what he said to Pat McAfee on Tuesday. <laughs> that's the new thing. Have you noticed that is really a that's thing? That's the new thing. Yep, that's what it is. Oh, and look, there's so many takes and there's some really good takes. And I thought I was going to get on here on the podcast and not talk about it because it was like, who cares? You know, like I know I'm the body language expert, but then I've been guilty, if you will. And I'm stand, completely stand by it. Uh, I put it on my personal Twitter. Uh, I don't know if it was the last game of the game before, but I was saying so far and Rogers has, you know, got look pissed off. He's put his hands in his thing. He's rolled his eyes and all that. I don't like the way Aaron Rodgers acts on the field. Um, I've never been shy about it, which is why I'm the body language expert. That's why we had the joke about when Aaron Rodgers is smiling, well, then the game's going to go well. Um, you know, whether you work in an office job or you work on a building site or you work in a bar or you work on a football field or whatever, if you deal with management, the definition of management, which we all get drummed into us is, is achieving results through people. Um, you could choose to manage how you want to manage. And I'm not going to get too granular because who cares? Because it, it really is a matter of opinion. For instance, I've had managers and bosses and teachers who have been incredibly harsh. I hated working for them and learning from them. And then when all is said and done, you look back at that and go, do you know what? It's kind you know, I hated the atmosphere at the time and it felt toxic. Um, and sometimes it was. But then sometimes it was just that person driving you forward and getting what they showed out of you. Now, there's some people with complexes and they just simply don't trust their workforce. And then that breeds this negative attitude and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking Dr. Cox in, in Scrubs. You know, that thing of he's harsh and he brings you along and he cares, but also doesn't care enough. And he cares about the patients more and blah, blah, blah. You know, and he isn't a real person. But that's what I'm saying is that for me personally, I don't think that works. But maybe that works for his teammates. Maybe when they see him rolling his eyes or putting his hands on his hips or screaming at them or whatever, maybe that works. So I expected to get on here and to listen to that because all the controversies about what he said on Pat McAfee and people saying that he put his team on blast and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I expected to get on and have a strong opinion about it, but I need your help because I, you know, I've listened to some points about it. And what I will say as well is, and not to get any more ridiculous emails in long form from anybody. 
Um, I I've, I can criticise Aaron Rodgers openly and freely and that's what we do here on the podcast. If I don't agree with what he's doing, well then I'll come down on it. There's also this sort of stuff where people overhype it on Twitter. You know, they put up that stupid meme about, you know, holding the umbrella over the team and I'll always love you as a Parker's friend even when I'm crossing and all this type of stuff. Like, you know, it's a kid's game that we all watch for enjoyment. So let's just, you know, chill out at the same time. And then you'll have people saying that there's Roger stands, which apparently means it's Roger's defenders. And no matter what Rodgers does, he can never be wrong. And then you have people accusing other people of just supporting the team because all they care about is Aaron Rodgers. And then on the flip side, you have people who just want to slate Aaron Rodgers all the time because they think he's a terrible teammate. They didn't like the whole vaccination uh, stuff. And, you know, there's everyone has kind of something in the game here. Me personally, um, I think Aaron Rodgers' attitude, attitude can stink. His play can stink. But also he's a back-to-back MVP and you know he's carried this team and all of the sort of complexity that goes with it I like to look at it as do most people I think like to look at it it's not black and white it's a grey area somewhere that he can be divisive and he knows this that's why he's on the Pat McAfee show and that's why the Pat McAfee show gets millions of views and that's why it's such a coup and that's why Pat McAfee can't help but ask a question while throwing in 17 compliments at the same time just in case he upsets the MVP quarterback and the exchange this time around was kind of a bit edgy. Um, but I'm going to try to look past all of that, right? All of that history and all this stuff and just focus on the issue in hand and look at exactly what Aaron Rodgers said and also what other people are saying about what he said and sort of dissect whether I think um, it was fair what he said, should he have said what he said and all this type of stuff and not to take things out of context as Aaron said at the beginning of the show. I'm going to play little snippets of the um, audio that people have said about him. Um, and some stuff I agree with, some stuff I'm not too sold on. Um, but it all comes down to, is he right in what he said? Um, so let's set this up then. If we look at Dan Orlovsky, he had this brilliant video, which I tweeted out from the group account, where he talks about, you know, it's not only the receivers making the mistakes. And I will put my own opinion in here. Uh, this is not what Dan said, but what I'm saying, Aaron Rodgers is having brain fart moments. I've also, and inaccurate throws, he, it seems like he can't throw the ball long. Then all of a sudden he'll rip off a dime um, and the ball is absolutely on the money. I think Aaron Rodgers is inconsistent. The stats show that. Uh, your own eyeballs will show that. And it's because of that and what he then said that people are annoyed because it sounded like and not to let the cat out of the bag for anybody who hasn't heard the phrase, was that it sounded like he criticised his teammates. And I see San- Shannon Sharp is saying that, he, look, he's obviously calling out the receivers. Um, and then he's saying that, oh, well, Tom Clement said I had a great game. Now, to me, that was just a st- silly thing to say, right? It's a stupid thing to say. You say it, it makes you sound smug. And that's what they point at Aaron Rodgers all the time and say that he sounds really smug. And there's a couple of times, even within this whole saga, where he does it. And that... You know, that kind of gets on my nerves because I'm like, God, you could say it and deliver it a certain way. But, you know, for this guy who's seen as the Bill Belichick of the media, and I was even listening to snippets as well where they're saying, like, he's the master. I think who was it? Skip Bayless um, and putting the clown music. You know, he talks about he's the master manipulator. I don't think he is. Because I don't, if he was a master manipulator, well, then you'd look at him and go, oh, he's a great guy and everything he does is brilliant and the sun shines out of his arse. But people don't say that about him. Um, and Greg Jennings is out there giving it lips or service as usual, right? Um, but if he was a master manipulator, he wouldn't come across looking as bad as he does sometimes. And I think he does. To me, he looks bad. When I, I roll my eyes, I do my own Aaron Rodgers impression when I listen to some of his Pat McAfee comments, particularly in the recent interview, uh, because he just can't help himself. 
you know, I'll always say it that Aaron Rodgers thinks he is the cleverest guy in the room, in every room, and he thinks that no one can understand him and he's enlightened and all this type of stuff. And it reminds me of that kind of thing if when you know when you start spouting some nonsense and then you look back and you go, Jesus, you know, like and I'm okay with spirituality and I'm okay with meditations and mindfulness and all that. I think there's a massive place for that in today's society. However, when it sounds like you're pontificating to people. That's what gets them pissed off. And I think that's what's happened with Aaron Rodgers. And it happens again and again and again and again. And he says stuff and he knows it takes off. And I don't think he has control over that because he never do. But if he was the master manipulator, I think he would look, not unless he wants to come across as looking like a bit of a, you know, a bit of a know-it-all or a bit of a smug or whatever. But let's get back to the point again. Is that what did he say? And was it as bad? And back to Dan Orlovsky. So people have said that Aaron Rodgers was saying that he was obviously calling out his receivers. It sounded like to me that he was calling out the entire team. He also self-deprecates, not as much as people want, um, and also seems like he's calling out the coaches. But when I look at Dan Orlovsky, he already broke down before Aaron Rodgers even went there. And I don't know whether this was um, you know, anything to do with... I don't know whether Aaron Rodgers sees this analysis... Um, but he's living it by the, by the looks of it. And what Dan Orlovsky showed rings true is that he was showing that it wasn't only the wide receivers dropping the ball or running wrong routes or making mistakes. It seemed that it was different people on different plays. So he showed offensive linemen getting turned around. Um, he showed Mercedes Lewis missing an assignment. He showed a wide receiver running a wrong route. You know, and obviously it's Aaron himself is making mistakes as well. But when you have a team as Aaron confesses, that is making all of these types of mistakes. Well, then, when you do have an opportunity to hit on something, catch the ball. Um, you know, don't let that guy run by you. If you're finding yourself on your arse most of the time or running around, he doesn't have that safety net in Devontae Adams, uh, which he relied upon, uh, much to the team's detriment. Uh, it's the same as when he relied on his ad hoc plays when Mike McCarthy was at the helm. The minute he stops cooperating, or believing in your system, or he just gets sick of you, he can stop doing that. And once that happens, we saw what happened. He was banging the ball up into the stands, and he got the diva reputation probably even more than it was leveled at him already. Um, And it all starts to crumble, right? So I think Aaron Rodgers is a fault. His accuracy is a fault. His decision-making. There's times they say, oh, he never takes accountability. Again, like I, I'll criticize him when I feel like he deserves it, but he has come out and he said to Matt Schneidman about not running for a first down, and he said, "Look, I got to do better in those situations." Um, he also says that he makes Aaron throws, but Rogers was saying um, that the team makes so many mistakes, and I'll play exactly what he said about those mistakes now, so that I'm not taking his words out of context. We had so many uh, just mental errors and mistakes. It's just it's not the kind of football we're used to playing over the years, you know. Uh, there have been there have definitely been games, you know, four or five which seasons where we average, you know, four, five, six, maybe seven at the most, kind of mental errors or missed assignments per week. And yeah, you know, some weeks you have like four, you know, two sometimes. Uh, this week, you know, it's. Well, this season, a lot more than that every single week. You know, it's double digits every single week. It's uh... Now, he's talking about mistakes across the team. He doesn't mention the wide receivers, but we can see they are at fault. Uh, they dropped the ball. He's also at fault because he can't put the ball where it needs to be uh, some of the time. Um, he also doesn't pull the trigger when he should. He doesn't go through his reads uh, when he does. But then here's the thing that we don't know. 
is we don't know what that play was set up to do. You know, if someone's been giving us given a certain assignment and the whole point of the play, and I know people like to think that every single play has 10 options and you go through every read and that there's some plays that are literally just designed to go to one person and they think to have a favourable matchup. He either audibles into it or it's the called play and that's the shot that he's going to take. And if that doesn't pan out, that's when you see him banging the ball um, you know, into into the dirt or throwing a pass of where the receiver actually should have been almost in frustration. So there are times that that happens as well. And we simply don't know uh, when those plays are called and when they're not called. Similarly, and I wasn't going to raise this here, but uh, he's also criticised with not handing the ball off to Aaron Jones more. Again, it's very difficult for us to make a judgment or an opinion call on that because we don't know how many is him and how many is Matt LaFleur. And the reason for that is, is that's why they have uh, headsets. That's why they brought coaches into the game was to stop coaches or players from being shoved into the boot of their car after games because they didn't perform well. So it takes it makes it ambiguous and stops you from being able to pinpoint that. So again, we can't really comment on uh, it's just not working. The offense is, is simply not working. Now, what he says there seems to stack up with the video that Orlovsky put out, is that, you know, if it's not him, it's a receiver. If it's not a receiver, it's a running back. If it's not a running back, it's an O-lineman busting the coverage. If, you know, we've, we've seen uh, parts where different O-linemen on different plays are going different ways and playing, one's playing pass uh, coverage, the other one's obviously in run, uh, r- trying to break open a running lane when it's not happening, Right. So you have to ask yourself what's going on there. Now that comes down to coaching. But this is not new. This is what people are saying about the Packers offense the whole time is that Rodgers isn't playing well. Neither are the receivers or whatever. They're not giving the ball and rolling the ball enough. Um, you know, And it all seems like a bit of a mess. But that all comes down to coaching. Now the real question here is, is that should Aaron Rodgers be out in the media criticizing the team and the coaches? Um, and I think that's the stickler for people. Now I don't, I don't really have... A majorly, they say that's a, a sign of growth. Is that you? You know, um, who says it? Nietzsche and uh, whoever says you, you don't. Who was it? Epictetus, I think, says. So that sounds very fancy. You know, you don't have to have an opinion on something. Now, this again, it's his prerogative. If the team are okay with it, um, common sense would tell you if you put everybody on blast, then it's not great. But then Matt Lafleur is up there on the podium saying it's all my fault. Uh, you know, we're not performing well, we need more from the players and they need more from me. And, you know, he's come out and sort of said that the players weren't up for it and that's on me as a coach. But he's still calling out his players to say they weren't bringing the energy. So it's it's up to a professor. Also, who cares? It's a game. But also, it's up to them whether he wants to take accountability. Now, there's the points out there that Aaron said, from what I said, anybody can come up to me. And that sounds very confrontational to me. He's a back-to-back MVP and there's people saying that, Oh, who's going to go up to the back-to-back MVP quarterback and call him out on his stuff? Um, well, it's happened before. Um, and they're all grown men in there, and it's up to them whether they want to do it. If you know Aaron Rodgers talks about breaking rank and that everybody needs to stay on the same page, but at the same time going out into the media and creating this kind of storm. But the one that got people was the one where he says that some people shouldn't play. Again, don't want to take it out of context. Let me play that for you. And we'll have a chat about it. It's definitely not just one play here or there. Like I said, it's you know twenty percent of the time. If if we have fifty plays and we have ten mental uh, misassignments or mental errors, that's twenty percent of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at uh, you know less than ten percent. So it gives us you know a really good chance to be successful. Twenty percent—that's too high. You know, it's 
you know, that's a, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think, you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we got to, got to start cutting some reps and maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. Is he, is he wrong? If you're not playing well, should you be playing? I think the what he said is true and makes sense. I think the problem is, is should he have said it? <laughs> should he have said it in the public forum? Because uh, it sounds like he's calling out his players. It also sounds like he's calling out his coaching staff. You know, that he's sort of saying, you keep leaving these guys in, they keep making the mistakes. Maybe don't do that. You know, and you're kind of thinking, well, that's a conversation that he should have on Matt LaFleur. The other thing is, is that if you heard that as one of those players... Is he wrong? Should he have said it in public? You probably would want him to. Um, but he wouldn't be the first athlete or leader or whatever to call out and try to get a reaction from people. And he's done it before. Uh, he's called out his receivers before and these young receivers and said they need to step up and it's not good enough and all this type of stuff. And I think there was probably a similar reaction then as well. But it seemed to have worked. Sometimes this works for people and we can assume maybe that he's reading the room now, again, the, the criticism of him is, is that he doesn't, you know, is that they, you know, we've Craig Jennings and Tremichael Finley's and, you know, copy paste, copy paste, where they say he's a bad leader and this, that and the other. Because your leadership style obviously is not going to, you know, jive with everybody. There, Some people look at it and they think you're terrible. And then some people think that that's really what spurns them on, which is why people talk about Finn Lombardi so glowingly is because he chewed Bart Starr out and then Bart said, you won't do that again. And then he didn't, but because he was able to tailor his approach to the different guy. But you can't make everybody happy. And the media love to jump on this stuff as well when he says something. But maybe that works. So I don't think what he said particularly is anything new for him. Um, but again, that could be part of the problem, right? This is what I'm saying, is that I don't have... I'm not saying, oh, what he said was absolutely right. I think there's some... It's like what Peter says. It's never as bad or never as good as you think, right? Um, so, maybe he shouldn't have said it. Maybe it'll get the reaction that he needs. But I think he's taking the risk of reinforcing an opinion of him in the public, which he's obviously very well aware of. Um, you know, but he does talk about himself because Pat McAfee then goes on and kind of asks the question, well, you know, blowing smoke uh, at the same time, mostly. But he asks him, what did you think of your performance? And I think, uh, who am I to surmise? But I think what he's getting at there is, is that people are criticizing Pat McAfee all the time about being one-sided. So I think Pat wanted to kind of put it out there that like, oh, well, you're criticizing other people. But how did you think you got on? And this is what he said. And this is the part that really annoyed people, along with the other team criticism. And what did you see out of yourself against the commanders? Yeah, judge everything. Yeah. Um Every play, my own performance, all of it. I mean, this was my highest graded game by Tom, uh, which maybe. people would be maybe surprised to hear. <laughs> but you know, we we uh, obviously didn't execute a lot of drops, uh, couple missed throws, a lot of drops, couple a couple missed, just a few missed throws. Look, I th he obviously understands that by saying that, but it's like that person who just can't help themselves, you know, like something said and you're like, I probably shouldn't say this, but actually, you know, he that's his problem is that he can't hold back what he says. Um, but look, 
We did a podcast, and I'm not defending him, but we did a podcast on just how difficult his job is and just how intricate it all is and that the line needs to give you so much time. You need to go to a certain spot to make that throw on that certain play. You have a certain package that you need to run based on the uh, defense that you see. You know, it's incredibly hard when you have a certain bundle of packages that you need to be able to audible in and out of based on what the defense you believe are doing. So it's not what you know as a quarterback because we know he knows the system inside out. It's what your wide receivers know. And I think that's the part that's very tricky. Um, you know, this pre-snap motion stuff, the, even the, the person who's involved in that pre-snap motion needs to know A, to do it, B, how far back he needs to be. They also need to run perfect routes. So they need to know on any given play that this, this is the part of the field that they actually need to be, particularly when the Packers get a lot of press man coverage. You know, it, more than likely you're going to be thrown open instead of finding that open space. And when you do find, uh, when the play breaks down, and they showed a couple of instances of this, where you'd expect the wide receiver then to work his way into space, and that didn't happen. And we saw Aaron Rodgers throw a ball to the place where the receiver should have been. Now, whether that was frustration from him, whether he said that's the only place I can put it, it's effectively throwing it away, I don't know. But when it comes to the intricacy of the offense, um. It is just that. It's literally step perfect in places to make it all work. So, you know, it must be frustrating for him who knows the system and feels like, and he said this on the Pat McAfee show that the preparation isn't there because he talks about where, you know, Monday to Saturday, they need to be put into a position to make that play on Sunday. I don't think he's wrong there. Um, I do think that his decision making could be better. And I think it's a lot to do with, like I said last week, is that you cannot play the style of offense for the team you want to have, you play the style of offense for the team that you have. And the Packers obviously have a team full of rookies, full of mistakes, so you have to go and simplify that further and then call up those plays when it is working. Um, because there's that whole Stephen or Covey style thing of that you have to take responsibility, Jocko Willink if you want to go uh, down that route of just the you know extreme ownership aspect. You know, if you are, and like I did, I had a paper round when I was a kid and I used to be like, oh, it's raining, so I'm not going to go out now, right? But the rain isn't stopping you from going. You are stopping you from going and you're using the rain as an excuse. Um, I've been late to the airport before and I've missed a plane and I've, you know, my son was sick and, you know, my wife needed a hand and all this type of stuff and I did all of that. Uh, but at the same time, it was still my responsibility to get to the airport on time. Everybody else did. I didn't. I missed the plane. So, yes, there was excuses for it. Doing a podcast is always an excuse that you're tired. Right now, it's getting close to midnight, for instance. I could always easily turn around and say, it's midnight. I'm not going to do a podcast. I'm going to go to bed. And that would be perfectly understandable. However, if you don't do something, it's still on you the way you didn't do it. So it's the same with this football team. You know, you can come up with all these excuses about that people are making mistakes and all that type of stuff. But you have to play then in a way like, look at Patrick Mahomes. He seems to just make plays no matter what, coupled with having a fantastic offense and offensive weapons. Uh, but we've always heard this thing of, are the coaches really that good or is it Aaron Rodgers making them look good? He damn sure didn't do it with Mike McCarthy, but he could. Um, similarly, Matt LaFleur, he was on side and now the offense is struggling a little bit and then the cracks start to show and you really see what type of leader people are or what leader you perceive them to be more so. Because again, we don't know what it's like in the building and we'd be uh, it'd be remiss of me to sort of go on as if I know exactly what's going on. The thing is, 
is that, you know, what he said to me wasn't wrong because, and I don't think some people are saying, oh, he's obviously calling out the receivers. Well, you can see them. They're dropping the ball. Um, but he's also not getting them the ball. So there, there's a, you know, a yin and a yang there. I mean, he's not faultless by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but like I said, you know, true greats and true good quarterbacks, which he is, he's a back-to-back MVP and blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's completion percentage and all that kind of stuff. He's capable of doing it. But I just think that sometimes they get in their own way. Aaron Rodgers says it. They, they beat themselves. And I think that if he is truly that great quarterback who people say makes receivers better than what they actually are, do it then. Do it. Pass them the ball. Get them the ball in that way. Pass, you know, hand the ball off the whole time. Uh, do what you need to do. Do whatever you have to do. Uh, go out in the rain on your paper round. Stay up till midnight and record a podcast. You just get what you need to get done done and don't be moaning about it. And the problem is that he came out in the media and it sounds like a criticism to the coaching staff because he's saying, look, these lads aren't performing. Uh, but what it makes it sound like he's saying is, is that he's perfect. Everybody else is making the mistake and how can he deal with this stuff? But as a quarterback, in fairness to him, he expects and needs things to go a certain way. And he's saying that the, the people aren't prepared. Am I standing up for Aaron Rodgers? No. No, but I, I get it. I, I think I understand where he's coming from. Do I think he has a... I'm asking myself questions here. Daryl should really be here. Um, you know, am I... Do I think that he should be getting more of a hand? Yes. Do I think he should be doing better? Yes. Do I think he should have said it in the public? Probably not. But that's his choice. You know? Um, it's like that whole thing. It's like that ridiculous phrase people say. Is that say how you feel and how you want... And that people who mind don't matter. And that the people who matter won't mind. And that's the biggest load of ball of wax that I've ever heard. Because you could turn around and say something really hurtful to somebody. And what's the rationale then? Oh, if they mind, then they don't matter. Go away. I should be allowed to say exactly what I want. No, it's a you can say what you want, but you can't pick your consequences for it. So he's chosen this action. So power to him. Off he goes. He wants to criticize the team. And then also on top of that, I think there's a massive ego there. Of course there is. He's a quarterback, and we all know he has a massive ego. All quarterbacks have a massive ego. That's what makes them quarterbacks most of the time. There's a few exceptions. Uh, but most of the time, it will get to their head. This is a guy who gets, you know, probably lifted out of his bed in the morning. Uh, you know, they spoon-feed him his food, private chefs, and then he gets whisked off by, you know, he lives a different life here. Um, and that's the life they sign up for, and that's the there's a massive ego there. So he also wants to put out into the public, because he has a voice, all of his shamanistic notions, but also how he's looking bad. He looks bad. The offense is crap. If you look at him, uh, Shannon Sharp goes into it. You know, he's just ahead of Justin Fields and he's one place behind Ryan Tannehill when it comes to quarterback stats, um, which to me are like Super Bowl wins. You can, you know, they're not always indicative if your wide receivers are not getting open, you've no one to throw to, you've no, everyone's getting injured, you know, your O-line is crap. I mean, your stats are going to be low. Um... But he wants to put himself out there in the best light that he can. And he's entitled to do that. However, this is the reaction that he could face and has faced and is facing in the sense that it sounds like he's saying everybody else is crap. They're not doing their stuff. There's too many mistakes. Cut their reps. I'm perfect. And I don't really think that's what he's saying, but I do think he puts his foot in his mouth a lot of the time. He didn't need to go down the fact that Tom Clement said that that was his best graded game. But it's one of those things that that was an itch that he had to scratch apparently. You know, he wanted to put it out there like, well, you know, but he understands the perception that that's going to be is that people are not going to understand how or why or it's like when people criticize PFF, which I have massive umbrage with at times. 
of when they say it's the it's the part like haha clinton they saw it was the best graded game and you look and go he was getting burned the whole time but then if they judge his assignment as x and he's doing x but then someone else falls down that's where that comes into play look the game was too complex from their point of view for us you know at me you know to really understand what's going on um but just from pure optics he hasn't played well either but there's times that he has made the throw and the receiver just hasn't come down with it. There's times where he doesn't really give the receiver, you know, it's just out of reach. It's just off. But then we have to ask ourselves, was that him? Um, was that the receiver not being where he should have been? And then you'd ask yourself, should he not just throw it to where the receiver is as opposed to where he should be? Uh, but that's easier said than done when you're behind an O-line that's collapsing and you get the ball out to where, you know, it's planned to be and then the receiver doesn't come down with it. It's complex enough. Um and I'm not the person that's going to stand up here and say I know it all. Absolutely do not. Because if I do that, then I'm just as bad as him. And I don't believe it either. And also, I could get called out by John Coon. <laughs> could be quote tweeted and be called a, a drama queen emoji. And then, you know, it's a very niche reference, if anyone gets it. Um, I'll also give you... I'll also give you a clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's doing that this week. Um, so... This is what Shannon Sharp had to say about it all, which, again, I understand. So, Aaron, I don't think I'm breaking any news. I'm not interrupting any normally scheduled program. You're playing bad, bro. Yep. And the thing is, is that when you're playing good, you can yell and scream and call people out. But when you're not playing well, people look at you sideways. Mm. I give it, you know, it's kind of like uh, what Mark Murphy said. Yep. Don't you be the problem. Yep. Because he knew all along you were the problem. Yeah, so just on that, again, this is a quote that goes around. Now, whether you can believe this or not, because, you know, everyone has a vested interest. Apparently, Mark Murphy didn't say that. Now, you'd say, Steve, of course he's going to say he didn't say because we're trying to get him back and you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but apparently, and again, sort of how would people be in and privy to the conversation that Mark Murphy would have had um, with Aaron Rodgers and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so that quote there about that being the problem, that's something that resurfaces, which apparently has been uh, no-no'd and poo-pooed and no bueno and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, he has a point. You know, if you're playing poorly yourself and you start calling other people out, it looks hypocritical and that's what it looks like. He added also to the fact that it seems like he's calling out his coaches. He also added in that it was his best graded game and all this kind of stuff. Um Again, sometimes it feels like he just really doesn't help himself. However, um, this team is open for ridicule and it's open for criticism and the coaching decisions have been poor because every time they don't give Aaron Jones the ball and then they get up there and say that they should have given Aaron Jones the ball. Um, you know, it's it's glaringly obvious, but, you know, th they've got things to fix. But if Aaron Rodgers is correct in saying that, you know, 20% of the plays, somebody's doing something boneheaded that's blowing up the play. You know, because he goes on and talks about in the Pat McAfee show again that sometimes the game hinges on those two or three plays. And you might go, no, it doesn't, but that's what I would have said. But Aaron Rodgers says it, you know. So that's what it can be. We see momentum move and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's just building up a couple of first downs. It's seeing that that first down works. It's that person catching the ball. And then you go back to that play later in the game because you know that's where they're weak. And then if the pass game works a little bit better than it is, it makes them sort of fear the pass more. And, you know, we had Aaron Nagler talking about the too high shell and the best 
way to beat that is with the run and they were daring you to pass and you know maybe there was a bit of reverse psychology there and all this type of stuff but Aaron Rodgers says they didn't do anything special to beat them um, and when you look at it on the face of it we're being beaten by second third string quarterbacks and it's abysmal shocking because their defense was supposed to be this dynamite defense and then they called Joe Barry into question but it's like anything else I mean Aaron Rodgers for years has always papered over the cracks you know, um, and then sometimes he hasn't, but then the defense has bailed him out. You know, there's always that sort of, uh, you know, yin and yang. There's always that sort of pull and push, if you will. So, you know, it's all bad. It stinks. And it's at times like this that people start to sort of disintegrate. And, you know, it's it just becomes a miserable time. And I know people go back and say, oh, well, imagine the 70s or 80s had Twitter, you know, I reckon they would have just cut the server um, and not bothered going back to it because it was so atrocious. So again, uh, you know, leave it up to you. I mean, do you think what he said? I'd love to hear your your opinions. I really would. Uh, because sometimes it seems like speaking into a, a void sometimes, you know, and that's what this whole group is about. But what, like, what do you think? You know, what did, was he said? Was it wrong? Me, I don't think what he said was wrong, but should he have said it in public? I don't know. If Does it have the impact? Maybe. Uh, was that something that you say to your coach? But there's also that thing about he says that, look, he says this to the players and he says it to the coaches. So whether he says it in public or says it to the coaches, the only difference is, is that it creates this, me doing a podcast, with Shannon Sharp banging on about it. Greg Jennings, you know, comes out of the woodwork and starts talking about it again. And Mark Sanchez was on the Colin Cowherd show and he's talking about it. Rich Eisen is talking about it. And the general consensus from people seems to be is that he should have kept his mouth shut. He's not playing well. So why is he out there criticizing other people? Um... You know, but you can have an opinion on stuff and he's looking bad, so he wants to put it out there that it's not all me. So you can understand that from a human aspect and, you know, people are making mistakes. Dan Orlovsky was able to show us the video where it is loads of people seems to be having these brain fart moments. Um, but it's ultimately it's up for Aaron to answer, isn't it really? You know, it's going to add to his legacy of is he or is he not a good leader? I think that his body language stinks and, you know, and again, people go, well, who cares? Like, well, would you say that about Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady was uh, the Packers quarterback and I watched him week in, week out and he started doing this. I'd probably have the same criticism for him. Of course I would. You know, some of the stuff he does is cringe. Uh, you know, would you say that? Why doesn't people say no one says? They do. They, they, people say that all the time. But you get so entrenched in your own fan base that you don't look at their external sources. You know, it's like that whole thing, oh, the Packers are the most injured team ever. You know, and the answer to that is always going to be the Chargers, the most injured team ever for some reason. But, you know, you can sort of get that sort of home team bias too where you look at your own team and then you say, well, no one ever said, you know, like Shannon Sharp says in that, and I agree with him, you know, but he goes really um, ballistic as does uh, Skip Bayless on Aaron Rodgers' leadership thing. And they're entitled to it because Aaron Rodgers, as I said, does not help himself with his body language, with the people that come out and teammates about him. But again, for every player that comes out and says he's a crap leader, there's a John Kuhn or someone who's accused of being in, because you can't win, right? Because if you come out and criticise him, you're either a hater or you're telling the truth. If you come out and defend him as a teammate, as John Kuhn does or Devontae Adams does or whatever, uh, you're seen as like in the click. You know, like, oh yeah, of course you're going to say that because you're Aaron's buddy. You know, so you can't really win. Like, I mean, how can you sort of strike down the middle and say sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad? That applies to, he's human, that's going to apply to everybody. Um, but I understand. But like they pile on then, you know, and sort of being like, oh, well, he's a terrible leader and no one wants to play for him and all that that's for you to judge and for me to judge and all that kind of stuff. I think sometimes the stuff he does stinks. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to him and his teammates. Uh, because I see this being quoted out there, like, teammates don't want to play for him. I, I don't know if that's the case. I've no idea. 
you know they're out there don't want to play for him so that's why they're making the running wrong routes like because it impacts their career as well but maybe maybe people wouldn't want to play for a guy like that um i'd feel a bit uh, queasy about coming out in the public and probably saying that stuff even if it is correct even if he truly believes it, and even if we can look at the game tape and go, do you know what? He has a point. You have to choose as a leader and as a person who's in that locker room whether you can go in and look at Matt LaFleur the same way or have that conversation or whatever. But, you know, do we put more stock into the fact that he's been around the block a million times and, um, you know, this is how we operate? It's not a surprise. Like, this isn't a surprise for people. What it's doing is it's just reinforcing what they thought of him, really. Which is what he was on the Pat McAfee show to do was revert, and he did to some Bears fans coming out saying that they loved him. So again, I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't know if it's the right move to make. Um, at the same time, I don't think he's wrong about certain things. Uh, but it's like who was it? Greg Jennings said, and again, people have switched off now when I say that name. You know, they say it's not what you say; it's how you say it. And there's, a, you know, what there's credence for that too. You know, if you're going to come out and you're going to slag your mother-in-law. Um, on stage as a comedian uh, you might have an understanding with her that you don't mean any of it and that's just to lead into that gag and it's that shock factor uh, but again it's up to that comedian to have that understanding so if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that he knows he's going to get ridiculed maybe not to the degree that he does because again I don't do not subscribe to that thing that he knows what the media are going to say about him um, and then you've got to be accountable you've got to go into that locker room full of those lads um, and coaches and you've got to look them in the eye and be okay with what you say I mean, he's a grown man and should people be able to go up to him and say stuff yeah but that's my opinion but again I understand the clout that he would have and the power that he'd have and the dynamic in the locker room but I think if you're going to play for that team go up and say it to him there's another the other criticism that people are saying which again I understand is the and I'm not sitting on the fence here by the way uh, but I, uh, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm an older guy now I, I i get it you know what i mean i can vibe with that i can i understand i'm empathetic that way um they're saying that he didn't uh, arrive for otas he doesn't give a crap about the receivers being on the same page as him if he did and then they bring up the example of patrick mahomes patty mahomes has them the wide receivers in his house and he's feeding them meringue or something i don't know who cares uh beef stroganoff and they're all chatting away and having a great old time and that somehow translates to the chemistry on the field yeah like you know you get your teammates and there's team building exercises and there's sports psychologists out there who will say that that's very very important um and maybe aaron Rodgers should be doing more of that again it's up to him and his leader style and you get what you put in in certain cases sometimes you don't yada yada who knows it's very complex um should he have been at otas yes would it have helped much i don't know would it have a couple of days with these guys now again he's come out and said aaron Rodgers himself before is that now again i don't believe that this is the right strategy to take but he's putting it out there and he's giving you a solution to it but anyway he says that he leaves it up to the receivers to come to him and say to him that they want to take extra reps with him and they have to be putting in the work and all this type of stuff now again you have people who tom brady used to you know get edelman and Wes Welker and, you know, all these guys out to his house and, you know, do off-season summer work and camps and team building and he'd be throwing them a million passes and all that kind of stuff. That was his style. People have different styles. Apparently, according to Aaron Rodgers himself, that's not his style, is that he wants people to come to him. Now, you can call him egotistical. You can say it's a poor choice, but that's what he's chosen to do. Um, And, you know, it's like giving someone the test answers. If someone says to you, 
you know, the, the answer is uh, 20, but you have to write that down yourself. Well, then the receiver should be going to him and do it. Now, you'd argue, you know, the coaches should be telling Aaron Rodgers to get with the receivers. They should be organising that. They should try tell Aaron Rodgers how his opinion of that is incorrect, if they feel that it was. Um, but again, there's been anecdotes and the stories and the stories that I've heard about how difficult he is to deal with and all this type of stuff, which is where the diva attitude comes from. You know, and this is stuff that's on the record and off the record and, you know, sideways of the record. And, you know, we spoke to plenty of journalists. And Look, you know, it's always, you know, he said, she said stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like what Shannon Sharp rightly says. Is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, to me, looks like, and again, here's me wading into it again, is that when he's at his locker and like what Rich Eisen says, where the cycle is, he says stuff and then has to try justify why he said it. Um, which is the reason that he's on the Pat McAfee show is apparently to air whatever he wants to air and stand by it. Uh, but it looked like he was kind of not trying to roll back on stuff, but he was kind of like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I've said it to the lads and they're grand with it. And, you know, so it looked like to me, he was kind of not backpedaling, but trying to qualify some of the stuff that he was saying. Um, but it's like what Shannon Sharp says, you know, can you really expect a rookie wide receiver or second year wide receiver to come up to you in your locker and approach you about it maybe not so what has it all done you know arguably damaged Rogers legacy again don't know if he cares and it's brought this kind of circus around the team but the thing is all of this would wash away with a couple of wins and now we're coming up against the Buffalo Bills on a bye week and we are 11.5 underdogs which is the first time in Rogers career that he is you know um, double digit underdog regardless of how the Packers are playing at any given time I always believe as a fan that they can pull this win out of the bag if it's individual errors if this gives them a kick in the arse and they can move on with it um, you know it doesn't seem likely you know bookies wise how the Packers are playing you know it's hard to imagine that the Packers just pull it out but look this was a dynamite offense not that long ago do they give Aaron Jones the ball is that what the Bills expect does that work I don't know but look we're gonna rep the green and gold anyway and that's very easy to say as a fan and I don't think I should earn you know brownie points for saying that that's how we all feel I think at the end of the day there are a couple of people who want to just be miserable and lash on bang on the team and pile on and give out and all that kind of stuff Uh, but the majority of us out there are all obviously hoping um, for a win anyway I'm really interested to see what you guys think about it was he right was he wrong is he somewhere down the middle you know is what he said right but how he said it wrong should he have kept his mouth shut has he created friction is it all just a media spin a narrative do let me know uh, reply underneath the podcast send me an email send me a DM because I do want to see where you stand if you're a big Rogers fan does this change it if you're critical of him, does this make you even more so? Does this reinforce what you thought of him? Or is this just a storm in a teacup that we will all forget after we rack up a couple of wins, if we rack up a couple of wins? Who knows? Anyway, uh, Sunday Night Football, lads, ladies. Late one. Hopefully it's not a massacre. Um, but I've been at Steedy the NFL. We've been at UK Packers. And we'll be back to dissect whatever happens next week after the game and as always go pack go